everyone. Welcome to the Engage and Equip podcast. This is a resource designed to help form substantive disciples for the local church. I'm Ashlyn Phelps, the communications coordinator at High Point Church. In this episode, you're going to hear from Mike Beresford, our executive pastor, and Aaron Hesse, our director of small groups and connections. They talk about how anxiety can easily become our default when chaos, tragedy, or loss take place. We'll learn how to deal with this within ourselves, how to help others through it as well, and how to manage the tension between being practically prepared and having faith that God is in control in all circumstances. As always, if you have any questions from listening to this episode, email us at podcast at highpointchurch.org. Thanks for listening. Hey, everybody. I'm Erin Hesse, and I'm one of the hosts on the Engage and Equip podcast, and I'm here with Pastor Mike Beresford. Hello, everybody. It's good to be with you today. And uh, today we're going to be talking about um, this idea of how we are all probably at this time experiencing both this desire to be prepared and to have faith as we prepare, but we're also experiencing panic and fear. And how do all of those things tie together? How do we make sure that we are prepared without panicking, but that we are still acting out in faith and not fear. And so it's just, there's a lot of emotions and a lot of thoughts that I know people are having right now. I've personally spoken with a lot of small group leaders who are wrestling with how to look at this whole situation with the right mind. And so um, I thought that it would be great to talk with Mike a little bit about this. And so he's going to share a little bit why I thought about him (laughs) to be in this one. (laughs) It's good to be here. Um, Yeah, the pandemic has caused everybody to have a little bit of uncertainty. And that's what we're sitting in the middle of. Um, Part of my background is when I was able to serve with Billy Graham for the 11 years, uh, I was part of International Critical Incident Stress Foundation. And ICISF is the backbone of training for first responders. And so we got a lot into Um, perspectives, what causes people to do certain things, what causes Mm -hmm. fear. And and it was interesting coming from a Christian perspective into a a, a non-Christian, a secular organization, that they didn't always have the answers that we do in the Bible. And while Mm -hmm. they had the psychological answers, which often, if it's truth, then it plays well in the Bible and plays well in psychology, but sometimes some of the things that people went to uh, weren't true. They were things they hoped worked and turned out to be false sometimes. And so, um, you know, in pastoring for, goodness, I hate to say how long I've been a pastor. I think 41 <laughs> years. Um, that's older than Aaron is. Um, oh, yes. Considerably. Um, you know, <laughs> I've, you. I've seen I've seen the Holy Spirit just do amazing work in people's lives Mm -hmm. that um, had gotten their eyes off him and off their purpose. And, um, and those play largely into peace, which is, can be the antithesis of anxiety. Yeah. So that people understand the scope of where you were involved. Can you share like a couple examples? You don't have to go super in depth, but just examples of the types of first response situations that you would go into where this was the case? Yeah. Often we would be on the ground within 24 hours of um, hurricanes wiping out neighborhoods, tornadoes, 
uh, coming through. I worked six university shootings, um, spent six weeks at Virginia Tech um, immediately following the shootings there. And and things that do put people on edge and and rightly should um, sometimes will take people who even know the truth, but that kind of disruption – can cause them to to become unglued almost mm-hmm. and to to the point of needing medical care and yeah. so it was very interesting to see the power um, of what we believe really act out in in that kind of space yeah so you mentioned the word anxiety already um, and we'll probably bring that up throughout this podcast as well so when in the context of this conversation what do we mean by anxiety and why is it that we default to it when we are thrust into situations either like you said like natural disasters awful things like shootings um or in this case a pandemic um yeah and yeah go ahead it's it's natural to to wonder about the unknown and that really doesn't cause a response uh but then we move from that wondering to concern, apprehension, it grows to worry, consternation. And all of a sudden we find ourselves in a space where we're anxious and there's a physical and emotional response to something that we can't see Mm. or think we can't control. Yeah. So from what you have seen, why is it that like during uncertain times, we have such a hard time believing that God can answer that uncertainty and that we look for a solution elsewhere. I think largely because we often respond to what we're what we see physically, what's in front of us. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, God made us to worship him. He made us in, in perfect relationship with him. And, and that's how this all began with Adam and Eve and, and God. And, when that relationship gets turned or shifted away from God, we're left with our own imaginations. We're left with our own abilities and our emotions mm-hmm. and motivations. You know, so in Matthew six thirty three, you know, when it says, you don't need to worry, trust in me, seek you first the kingdom of God and the rest will come. That's an invitation to come back and put our eyes on, on God. So we're not looking at the other things. And mm-hmm. when we're looking at God, the emotional response is typically peace. Mm-hmm. And, and so the antithesis of, of where God started us with our eyes on him is when we look away and we look at man's remedies, our own remedies, the things that we can muster or the person next to us can muster and try to bring um, calm to chaos, uh, mm-hmm. it falls short. And so... I think anxiety can, from a Christian's perspective, and and I think we need to be clear that there's different types of anxiety. There there is a clinically induced anxiety, right? Where um, that's different than the anxiety that that we might feel on a day to day or in the midst of this pandemic. Mm-hmm. And but in the day to day, it's amazing when we um, are anxious how just looking at at God, reading scripture, listening to music that glorifies him, how there's a settling in our hearts Mm -hmm. and and it redirects us. 
Yeah. Um, one of the things you had written here in your notes is that anxiety distracts us. And I had never really thought about how that's the case. I usually, when I think about the times when I'm anxious, I think about how I'm so focused. And I, like, I assume if I'm anxious about something, I'm really, really focused on it. And, um, but what is also happening at the same time is distraction from really what I should be focusing on. So like you, you mentioned in Mark 419, um, the thorns are identified as the carriers of this world. Um, and that anxiety is often tied to our earthly lives and, um, those things distract us from what's really going on, what God has for us in a bigger picture and a bigger light. Um, so yeah, that was helpful, insightful, <laughs> insightful to, to think about how I'm actually thinking. So how do we deal with this anxiety and fear about the future for ourselves? And then how do we also counsel other people through it? It's interesting. In Acts 20, 28, um, it says, pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. And it's it's interesting that that God understands if we're not in a position of peace, if we're not in a position where we're looking at God, we don't have a lot to offer those who we're caring for. Mm-hmm. And and so he says, take care of yourself first. And and I think that's really good advice. It's um it's often very easy to run into a situation and get caught by it mm-hmm. instead of taking a moment and and centering where's God in this and recognizing that that he's present and he's not surprised mm-hmm. and that um, he's right where he's always been in relationship with you and that gives you a couple of things I think it gives you a confidence but it also lets you um, understand that you're not in charge of what you're seeing and the chaos you're seeing, but God's not altered by the chaos that you're seeing. And mm-hmm. so there are no surprises. Um, another thing that I think is critical to people is um, Dr. Rob McKenna wrote a book called Composed, The Heart and Science mm-hmm. of Leading Under Pressure. And he talks about purpose. And when you have purpose in your life and you have purpose in a high stress situation, that gives you a framework of um, acting. It gives you a framework of mm-hmm. feeling. And as Christians, we know that our purpose is to glorify God. And so you can stop and say, okay, how does God want to exhibit his grace into this situation? Mm-hmm. Is this a situation that is beyond God? No. And so how can we... Um, allow the Holy Spirit to, to speak into our hearts and minds to um, bring about what maybe God wants to do. Um, another way is just to consider his promises in the Bible. You know, mm-hmm. what are the things that God has said about, you know, being with us all the time? Um, mm-hmm. Psalms 27, 1 in, in verse 4 says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom should I fear? Uh, the Lord is my stronghold of life. Whom should I be afraid? And and it goes on to say, one thing I've asked for the Lord that I'll seek after is that I'll dwell with him. Sometimes we over-spiritualize some of these spiritual concepts or biblical concepts. But what does it actually mean to dwell? It just means to put your mind there. Mm. 
and that I'm going to put my mind where God can speak to me, um, which means I'm, I'm listening, I'm centered on him. Anxiety and the distraction of the moment often calls me to look at something else and, and I lose focus, I lose purpose. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so really just knowing who we are in Christ on a continual basis and having that so much at the forefront of our minds and our emotions gives us great capacity when it comes to crisis. I think it's really critical for people who are in positions of leadership or, or I mean, shepherding in some way, shape or form, which in this case, I mean, I'm very passionate about small group leaders at high point right now and what the way that they're serving that Mm -hmm. we take that concept and we make sure we don't, immediately first just think, okay, I need to tell my small group members this, or I need to tell my kids this, but that we need to embrace those truths for ourselves, that we need to sit and remember that we don't need to fear that we, that like I personally, Aaron Hesse can, can and should dwell with the Lord so that I can go out and help them the rest of the flock. And so um, I, I think a lot of times people who are like you were saying, are seeking to carry out the purpose that God has given them, they forget that there's there's in in this case self care that needs to happen and set like self evaluation and making sure that you are right with the Lord before you can do that well for other people. Yeah, I think another thing you have to really be honest with yourself are what are your own boundaries and limits. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm if I'm afraid, am I in a position to help another? I may be in a position to seek help. Um, mm. And, you know, what what are my boundaries? What are some things in my life that may trigger if I step into this where I maybe feel like I'm over my head? Um, mm. So there are, there is who we are in Christ, but then there's also um, us as people um, we may be a new Christian or a new believer, and we're not confident yet of the promises of God in Scripture. We're not confident yet mm-hmm. of of that the Holy Spirit is faithful all the time. And mm-hmm. we go in kind of half God, half us, and, and we stumble and we think, oh, this doesn't work, and now I'm really on my own. And and mm-hmm. so it's it's important to know and to take the time to to truly understand who we are in Christ and that he is faithful and that he has placed you. If he's placed you in leadership in a situation, he knows that you're there in leadership of that situation and he will be faithful to you. Yeah. And with the nuances that make you, you like Mm -hmm. people have different temperaments, people. Yeah. People are in different life stages right now where they have more capacity or less capacity compared to people around them. Um, I know like for myself, I've realized like as much as I want to work and um, I guess have an output of energy and productivity right now during this COVID-19 situation, being 38 and a half weeks pregnant is debilitating <laughs> in, that, <laughs> in that regard. And like, that's okay. Like that is part of what's going on in my life right now. And that yeah. does then affect how, like to what capacity I can care for the flock. It doesn't mean that I can't at all, but right. it means that there are limitations that I have that are different from 
someone else in and a certain world. responsibility <laughs> that you have yeah. to yourself and to the life you're carrying. Yeah. Right. So, um, next question for you in, in what situations have you seen panic and fear be the foundation upon which someone responded? And then what was the outcome of that? That's obviously, those obviously aren't the types of things we want in our foundation. So what, where have you seen that gone wrong? There's two situations that, that jumped to the forefront of my mind. Um, 1991, November 1st, there was a shooting in university of Iowa, Debec. And um, it was on a Friday morning, and I was in Charlotte, and we had just gotten back from a, a a trip, and we had a couple of chaplains or rapid response chaplains that came over from um, Minnesota and went there and kind of got a firsthand what was going on. And the first day of a shooting is always crisis, and and so we made airplane reservations and, and flew to Chicago the next morning. And I found out, I, I called a, a vineyard pastor friend of mine that was in the area. And, and I said, you know, what's going on? He says, just chaos. Nobody wasn't what to do. We've obviously never been in a situation like this. And I said, well, get everybody someplace and just tell me where the someplace is. Um, and I'll be in town at noon and go ahead and buy lunch for everybody and we'll pick up the tab. And so he did, and he told me where they were meeting. It was one of the churches in town. And, and I walked into this room, and there were probably 50 pastors, and it was just an uproar. And there were probably 30 plans that were trying to be put together by various different people. And, mm. and um, I remember getting up on a table in the middle of the room and just standing there for a moment and pretty soon, 30 seconds, everybody's looking at me. And I and I said, let's pray. And I just prayed a simple prayer and, and just asked, invited God to bring his peace into the situation. And within, goodness, seconds, the room calmed. There was order. Mm-hmm. And... And I got done praying, and I said, okay, I'm Mike. I'm from here. Yes, this is chaotic, but we're going to uh, bring some order to it so you can minister in, in an effective way. And, and mm-hmm. within about two hours of that point, um, there were teams of – every team had two pastors in it, and they had assignments, and they were headed out town to – to do the work that God had them there to do, to be shepherds Mm -hmm. over that city and campus. And it was really amazing um, to watch his spirit calm. The other Mm -hmm. uh, instance that comes to mind, it was in a hospital room where death was imminent. And um, I had been called to the hospital as one of the chaplains in the middle of the night and in this young lady was uh, a Filipino lady was giving birth and her placenta had uh, ruptured and her parents were flying in from the Philippines because they knew they were going to have a grandchild. And so they had arrived about 10 o'clock. It was now two in the morning and this new father standing there and there's obviously something wrong and the mm-hmm. baby was birthed and the baby was fine, but they lost the mother. Oh, wow. And so here's a 
her parents, who spoke no English, who just arrived from the Philippines, waiting to see their grandson at the time, but hoping to see their daughter. Yeah. And a young guy who was 24, 25 years old, holding a baby, but have, not having a wife or a mother. Mm. And in the chaos that was just in the room and the tension that was in the room and in just calling them together and in holding them and praying over them. Um, the ang anxiousness and the, the fright uh, left the room and we mm -hmm. still had the same situation, right? But we had yeah. a different perspective now to deal with it. Yeah. And, um, and the nurses stayed in the room and we, we worked out some things and we found somebody that was an interpreter and, and God was just gracious. And, and out of that, you know, yes, there were some very, very difficult decisions that had to be made and it was a tragic situation, but at the same time, there was no longer yelling. There was no longer mm -hmm. angst. Um, there was okay. Let's let's work this out together, and let's love each other. And and it was because of of God's presence. Yeah, in both of those stories, what stuck out to me is that even though there were things that needed to be fixed or couldn't be fixed, but and yet you want to jump in to try to resolve, like bringing resolution. In both cases, when you paused and you didn't do anything other than pray yeah. and and just come to a place of standing still. That's when the anxiety subsided. That's when the chaos subsided. Um, I think all too quickly, we try to jump into trying to fix or find resolution into a, to a situation when it's like probably, I mean, we're, we're not going to have a clear mind if we're doing that without having a foundation first about, on prayer and or and just listening to see how the Holy Spirit might lead us. Um, so yeah, that that is, I know for me personally, when this situation, this pandemic first hit, my mind was immediately reeling. Like how do we, okay, what are we going to do with small groups? How, how are we going to do that virtually? How are we going to meet on church on Sunday or are we? And I, I think a lot of us tend to jump to doing that first rather than just stopping to pray. And I was really grateful Um when we were still, I think the the Thursday before we just like kind of everything shut down over a month ago, um, Jill orchestrated a prayer meeting to mm -hmm. happen as a staff, and it was like, okay, we're not. This isn't a planning time. This isn't a strategic thinking time. This is a we need to come to Jesus and really recognize that we cannot figure this out on our own. And that that pause, I think, set the trajectory for. The rest of the planning that we had done that following week. So, yeah, that pause yeah. is like taking a breath, and mm -hmm. and when you step towards God, you're signaling to all your own systems that there's somebody else greater in, in charge. Yeah, that you're not, yeah. and and God will give you what you need to move forward, but just the understanding that I can trust in giving this to God, and He will. He'll initiate. He'll mm -hmm. give me what I need. Mm -hmm. So let's talk a little bit about how to help 
people. Like once, once we have had that strategic pause <laughs> and we are taking the, taking a moment to remember where our foundation is built, um, how is it that we are to help people without hurting ourselves? And how, like we talked about this briefly a little bit earlier to how do we set boundaries and expectations so that we are taking care of ourselves, but at the same time also helping other people. I think one of the things that we have to know is that prayer is not just uh, get me through this, but there's also a sustaining element of prayer. And so, you know, first Corinthians two ten to 16 talks about how God's spirit knows our spirit and, and works with us. Mm-hmm. And, um, This is going to sound too simple, but most of the time it's common sense. But for us Christians, it's spirit-empowered common sense. It's, it's that which is often simple and um, bringing peace. There's, there's three verses that come to mind, Romans 12, 2. You know, learning to think with a new mind so that we would know what the, mm-hmm. the will of God is. Um, Often we want to control when the truth is we're not in control. Mm -hmm. And so take a look at it and and just ask some questions. You know, how can I bring God's grace to this situation? Uh, Philippians 4.8 just encourages us to think about, you know, to put our mind against godly things. Uh, Colossians 3.2, to have a mindset of of how God instructs and how Christ wants to redeem the moment. Um, I think we need to know what, do we have any triggers in our life that uh, we need to be aware of? What are the things that are distracting? Sometimes it's as simple as, I remember at Virginia Tech, um, this young man came up to me and it was, we were in a very crowded place and, and he was just kind of frantic. And I said, just hold that thought. Let's go around the corner to this park over here where we can talk. And we walked maybe 10, 15 seconds. It was just around the corner. And we sat down on a bench. And, and I said to him, take a breath. He did. And I said, now, hi, I'm Mike. Mm-hmm. And he just relaxed. And, and, um, and the conversation was about one of his roommates that he couldn't find. And he didn't know if he had been shot. Mm-hmm. He, you know, turned out he hadn't. He just was off campus. But, mm-hmm. but often bringing... Um, peace, bringing a calm, um, you know, is there something we need to do right now? Is there something that we can do later? You know, mm-hmm. what, what's the urgency at the moment? Um, mm-hmm. and then what's, let's talk about this and let's, let's bring the roar down to a conversation, um, mm-hmm. reminding people. God's not surprised by this. Mm-hmm. He's present. A lot of people are like, oh, where was God in this situation? Mm-hmm. He was standing right where he's always stood, right next to you. Mm-hmm. He's, he's present. And, and it's amazing the calming effect of this. In the military, when the reason that regardless of your faith, they were a caller, and it, they call that the, the uh, presence of the Almighty. And mm-hmm. there's a calming effect to knowing that that God is present, 
Mm-hmm. And sometimes we need to physically demonstrate that. Um, and sometimes we need to, a great question is, you know, when you've been anxious before, what has helped you? Mm-hmm. We don't have to introduce new things, new thought patterns. We don't have to introduce new ideas because most of us have been anxious before. Mm-hmm. Most of us have worried before. Well, what's helped you? Um, mm-hmm. What are some of the promises in God's word that you can hold on to? Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's it's often the simple things that we know. Um, another thing is just, you know, right now, where can you place your hope? And if they don't know, they'll often ask, well, I don't know, where do you place your hope? Well, mm-hmm. I place my hope in Christ because he's bigger than this. Mm-hmm. He knows what I can't see. Mm-hmm. And and that s- delivers us from the fear of what's crippling mm-hmm. and, and refocuses back on, okay, God's in the room, God's present. And when we refocus, then we, we rest. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know that a lot of people who are listening to our podcast are Christians and they have that foundation of that hope in Christ. And yet that doesn't mean any one of us are exempt from forgetting to stand on that truth yeah. and that that on those foundations. And something I I think was very apparent when um, the pandemic first really started to to take off a month ago was people wrestling with that tension of like being prepared and having faith. And people were it almost seemed like there were like two sides, and the question was like, well, which which side are you standing more on? Are you trying to <laughs> quarantine quicker and you're getting all the toilet paper and the canned goods or are you trusting in Jesus fully? And like, it seemed like that was the, there was this like conflict there. Yeah. Um, both of those, I think, well, we're going to be talking about that, how both of those things are necessary and important, but how do you, how have you seen that tension or balance done well, being prepared and having faith? What does it look like to prepare by faith? Faith doesn't mean you're blind or unprepared. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm. we're called to be good stewards. We're called to prepare ourselves. We're called to, um, to know these things and, and to be level-headed good citizens. You know, along with that comes a good dose of common sense, along with the fact that I know God's faithful. And so faith doesn't mean we walk in blindly to anything. Mm-hmm. Um, what it does mean is that in 2 Corinthians 1.10, uh, the challenge there is to set our hope on him, the him being Jesus. Mm-hmm. And what does it mean to set your hope on somebody? To really think about that and to take some time and, and write that down. What does that mean for you? It probably means something different for a variety of different people. But mm-hmm. if I'm going to set my hope in Christ, I'm going to keep looking at him. If I'm following somebody through a maze, I don't want to lose sight of them because I can't mm-hmm. see around the corner. But if I can see them, then I have assurance and mm-hmm. and it's good. Um, the in Psalms 27, you know, David's got six different things he identifies, evildoers, adversaries, armies at war, enemies, liars. And then in verse seven, he says, but my confidence is in God. Hmm. And 
and it's not that we understand all the elements of what's going to solve this pandemic. Mm-hmm. We still have to be good community players. We have to make sure we don't get exposed or expose others, especially that um, might have some issues that would really mm-hmm. complicate their health. But we don't need to live in fear either because mm-hmm. God is still in the midst of it. The church still exists. Christ still died on the cross. The promises are all true. Heaven is in front of us. I have a hope that's eternal. And all of those things should at least counterbalance, if not override, what I'm feeling in the moment. Mm-hmm. And the two words that Nick is, is going to be using in First Thess, Thelonians, uh, imitators and examples. Um, mm. Soren Kierkegaard said this about the church. He said, the church has been filled with admirers when Christ mm. wants imitators. Mm. And even Jesus, you know, in the garden, you know, he, he was so anxious at the moment because of the weight mm-hmm. of sin that his capillaries and his face were popping and there was there was blood and he sweat. But it says, but because he knew what God was leading in the outcomes, the hope set before him, he endured the cross. Mm-hmm. And, and so it doesn't mean that we're going to be absolutely calm. It doesn't mean that we're going to get this right all the time. But it does mean that when I consider who God is in the midst of crisis, he'll give me a pathway that I can walk. And mm-hmm. it'll be a pathway that's healthy, that's emotionally secure and solid. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I have to be faithful to him. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what we get to do is we get to invite others to walk with us in that journey, mm-hmm. not in the pandemic journey but in the Jesus journey within the pandemic because mm-hmm. there's great peace there. Yeah. And there, you know, the, the phrase walking with Jesus can sound very spiritual and like in some cases can sound very distant from reality. And yet there are very practical ways that we can walk with Jesus and like we were, we were saying, there's a there is a good combination of being prepared and having faith, and those two things don't have mm-hmm. to contradict each other. And I think remembering that as we are in conversation, well, well, first of all, as we are thinking on our own hearts and minds, and then also extending care to people around us, asking ourselves, okay, am I leaning too much towards? relying on preparedness or am I completely putting all of this in God's court and saying, okay, I don't need to worry or I don't need to do anything to prepare because God has it all in control. There's a, I mean, we've talked about this in the past few years about how we are to graciously strive Mm -hmm. to become more like Jesus. There's a gracious striving in keeping the faith and, not being anxious during this time of COVID-19 too. So I think there's, there are practical ways to do that. It looks different for every person, I think, depending on where you're working and who you are in conversation with. But I think um, it, yeah, it's a hard tension to manage, but I think it is a good reminder to do that. Yeah, we should do everything that we can do in the flesh. What What can you do? Do the right thing. But in the midst of that, 
you're in the presence of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And Amen. so are you in the word? Are you praying? Are you pausing to allow the refocusing on him in the midst of the task? Mm-hmm. And then do it and do it well with, with all you have. Yeah. Great. Any other closing thoughts or bits of encouragement for our small group leaders and other listeners out there? I was on a Zoom call last night with uh, five different small group leaders, and uh, some of them had their spouses there. And, you know, it was it was really fun. There was a lot of laughter about Zoom mm-hmm. calls and, and how they're creatively using them. But the point that everybody wanted to talk about is it's letting us connect to people. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody likes a Zoom call. We all would rather be face to face, you know, and be able to reach out and touch somebody. And and yet they were making the best of it and they talked mm-hmm. about the prayer and and the checking in on each other and having fun and playing games and various things. But at the end of it it was connecting one to another in that, mm-hmm. you know, I'm almost tired of saying we're in this together because it's all you hear on TV (laughs) in every place, but we truly are, you know, the body of Christ Mm -hmm. is still alive and well, and yeah, it's in a different form right now, but really it's not, it's still the people, Mm -hmm. Christ's presence within us. And, and he's our hope and in finding ways to graciously share that and bring peace to others around us. That's great. Thanks, Mike. Thank you, Aaron. listening to this episode of the Engage and Equip podcast. If you have a podcast idea or a question you'd like answered on the podcast, send us an email at podcast at highpointchurch.org. If you'd like to find more episodes, you can go online to highpointchurch.org slash podcast. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Overcast, and other apps like that. We hope this episode was helpful to you as you grow in becoming a more substantive disciple and a part of the local church. If this episode was helpful to you, rate or review us on Apple Podcasts or share this episode with a friend. Those are some of the best ways we have to reach new listeners. Until next time, thanks for listening to this episode of Engage and Equip.